We're recording this on September 9th at 7 p.m., so by the time you hear this, it's NFL opening weekend and all of the American hockey viewers have mysteriously disappeared. Hi, welcome to the Battle of Alberta podcast, the hockey show that has no horses in this race, but has some donkeys in the infirmary. I'm Darren Plett, and with me is Stuart Jones. Hello, Stu. Hey, Darren. How's it going? Good. I even ran that odd intro by you, and you pity laughed, and now you just laughed again, so I know it must be good. (laughs) Well, I was trying to play it off like it was live, but you've ruined the magic. Oh, well. I'm sorry. I'm just so proud of it. (laughs) No, you take full credit. I'm not taking any responsibility for that opening line. (laughs) I'm also completely trying to refrain from, like, explaining the joke. I'm sure people... Our our listeners will totally figure it out. They're absolutely smart people. Just like us, right? Right? Yes. Because of our amazing predictions? Yeah. Well, half of us did well. <laughs> that's, good. that's good. Yeah. So predictions last episode for the past round. Um, you did quite well. You got a three out of four in total. You know. Uh, I got, uh, what's the opposite of that? One out of four. <laughs> so keeping keeping our podcast average at a perfect 50 percent that's exactly right (laughs) uh i guess we should start uh in the west with the series or rather the team that we both talked up immensely uh, before they were (laughs) mercilessly eliminated guess we're just trying to get our horrible failure out of the way yeah, that's that's the goal here. Uh, well, so anyways, uh, for those of you who listened to the last episode, we talked up the Avalanche like quite a bit. We thought they were the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't think we were necessarily wrong. Uh, we both had them beating the Stars in five games. That may have been ambitious. Uh, it ended up going all the way to seven, and the Stars uh, won in the end. Uh, like I said, I don't think we overestimated the avalanche but we may have underestimated the stars a bit true and honestly i think the the whole series is sort of a testament to how good both of those teams were because at one point uh the avalanche were down three to one in the series and they did force uh all the way to game seven so uh interestingly vancouver and uh the philadelphia also did the same thing so you know, it takes a good team to do that no matter how game seven ends. So I still think the abs are a really good team and I still think they played really well, but Dallas won game seven. Yeah. And listen, I promise at least we do research on this show, at least a little bit. But when I was formulating those opinions, I didn't like go through the avalanche roster person by person. So when I settled in for like one of the Colorado versus Dallas games, I think it was probably game one and there's some shots on net. I was like, who is that guy in Colorado's goal? And I did not realize like they had Grubauer, their starting goalie for the first round, but I didn't realize that he was unfit to play. And all of a sudden they had a backup goalie who had very little NHL experience. And then they also had to put in Michael Hutchinson, who also has no NHL playoff experience in goal later in the series. I mean, if you don't have your starting goalie, that's, you know, that's going to handcuff your team a little bit, no matter how good they are. And, and I mean, Colorado was good and their goalies weren't exactly bad. Like, I don't think their goalies lost them the series. No, and in fact, Hutchinson really 
got them to game seven <laughs> yeah he won uh two in a row i believe if um in order to get them there so yeah i'm just saying that it's they didn't have their starting goaltender and while i don't think the backups lost it that is something that will impact team i'm basically trying to defend us here in our horrible <laughs> pick i picked colorado in five so that wasn't anywhere close but uh, like you said, I think we're just underestimating Dallas a lot. Uh, they barely beat Cal- Calgary, and we chalked it up to Calgary being a travesty of a team with no playoff performers. Well, you know, maybe Dallas is just getting pretty good. They have an excellent defense, which if you watch any of the games, the commentators and the intermission panels will make sure you know just how good Dallas's defense is with <laughs> Miro Haskinen, who's going to be a star if he isn't already and john klingberg who's been good for a number of years now and asa lindell and these young really good defensemen so i think when we look at dallas we're probably looking at their big stars who aren't all that impressive right now but they've got a deep team and a really good defense so yeah they're they're deadly and they're changing my mind at least a little bit one step at a time, right? Yeah, baby steps, Dallas. <laughs> well, uh, also in the West uh, was a little bit more predictable. Um, at least both of us got this right anyways. That's got to tell us something. <laughs> yeah. uh, we both had Vegas beating Vancouver in six games. Vancouver surprised us a little and took it all the way to seven, but Vegas did win in the end. Uh, what did you think of that one, if anything? <laughs> It's it's surprising how much your perception of a team can change from six to seven wins, like if or six to seven games in the series rather. Like if Vegas beat Vancouver in six, you're like, oh, it's a pretty good effort by Vancouver, you know, good job. But Vegas had to take seven games to beat them, and you're like, holy crap, one more game, and Vancouver would have been moving on. Like, I, they, I think they're almost for real. I hate to, I hate to like commit to that entirely because I still just don't understand the construction of their team entirely, but they have a bunch of players who seem like they're overpaid role players who are just good. They, they're kind of unheralded. And it, like the ways they got to Vancouver, like expensive free agent signings and trades for first round picks leave you scratching your head. Like how is this team constructed? Well, but they have a good goalie who's a free agent. So maybe he'll come back. They have some excellent young players and, Somehow they have like role players that may have been expensive, but they're good. They're clearly good. If they got this far, they, they took a Vegas team. Who's just really strong to seven games. So I good on Vancouver. And right now to me, they're more interesting to talk about than Vegas because Vegas is just kind of that team that chugs along and does their thing and don't really have any visible, amazing weaknesses that we can talk about you know they're just strong everywhere but yeah like vancouver was a storyline to me because they really they really showed everyone what they got i think a lot of people would have predicted them not even making the playoffs this year just scraping in and they did very well for themselves yeah and again speaking of uh backup goaltenders saving the day uh thatcher demko uh for the canucks again won i believe two in a row to help them come back from that 3-1 deficit to get to game seven i feel like kelly rudy was having like a field day with all the uh backup goalie stories uh, going on this past round so um 
props to him for again coming in with little to no playoff experience i believe it was none but i won't say for sure <laughs> no it was none and and yeah and uh doing an amazing job even through to game seven which was uh, a much closer game than the score really lets yeah. on yeah definitely well in the east uh i have almost nothing to say because clearly <laughs> i don't know anything that goes on in the east whereas you ace the east I nailed it. Yeah, let's start where we're all happy and just fine with the results, regardless of my terrible prediction of it. Boston and Tampa. Uh, I had Boston in six. Uh, you had Tampa in seven. It wasn't even that close. Tampa ended up beating in Bo Boston in five. Like, Boston, what the heck happened there? Did anyone else forget that that was a series for a second? Because yeah, all the other series went to seven. <laughs> I had to ask you before the podcast how many games it went to because I totally forgot. Yeah, Tampa basically had a bye into the conference finals. <laughs> yeah, I think it's amazing. I, we've talked about it before, but thank goodness Boston gets like axed from the playoffs. They don't need to be here. We've talked about this so many times. Their fans have so much to cheer for. Get them out. Thank you. I do feel a tiny, like just the tiniest bit bad because Char is like 100 years old and I don't know, he's a great player and it's fun to see him win stuff. But that's, you know, I can I can get over that. Suck it, Boston fans. You're not in the playoffs anymore. Thank you, Tampa. Like, I don't even like Tampa that much. Just I'm so sick of Boston always doing good in every sport. There, I've said it again. I think we could probably lay this to rest for a little while now. Yeah, and the other good news with that is Boston, like, I think, you know, I talk about this every year, and I think you're usually on my side, is I always hate the, uh, you know, people or the teams who have won so recently or the teams who have been in the finals recently. Um, Boston, I think, was the most recent, you know, um, cup champion that was still left. So they're gone now. Tampa's been in the finals, but like none of these remaining teams have uh, have won in quite a few years. So we're getting sort of a new flavor of cup champion. Yeah. Dynasties suck unless it's the team you cheer for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good good caveat there. <laughs> yeah. What? How did we do? Well, I guess we kind of know how we did, but how did Philly, New York end up? Uh, so Philly and New York, um, I had flyers over the Islanders in six. You had the Islanders winning over Philly in six. Uh, it actually went to seven. Um, but New York Islanders did win, uh, in the end. Again, the flyers were down three to one in that series at one point, and they made a valiant effort to come back, but just lost in game seven. So, you know, close series again. Uh, very interesting to watch that sort of back and forth. But uh, in the end, you were right. I was wrong. And I don't have much else to add. <laughs> yeah, all those game sevens, like the other two game sevens were pretty competitive. This one, Philly came out real flat, it seemed like. So, I I mean, I picked New York just because they're a hardworking team coached by Barry Trotz. I didn't go on much more than that. But Philly... I think they're getting closer. They finally have a goalie for the first time in like 30 years. I saw I saw on some Flames message boards and stuff, people were like, hey, do you think we can trade for Carter Hart, Philadelphia's goalie? It's like, yeah, yeah, Philly hasn't had a good goalie in 30 years. I'm sure they're just desperate to give up this super promising young goalie they have. But I think I think Philly will bounce back and be good next year. It was a good series, but 
New York squeaked it out just like I predicted. <laughs> yeah, I guess there was one thing I did want to mention about that series, and that is that uh, now that Elaine Vigneault is out, he and Rob Brindamore are probably going to have some uh, misery beers together complaining about coaches' challenges. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. aside from the one that Rob Brindamore got screwed on earlier in the playoffs, um, Vigneault got screwed on several in that one series alone. <laughs> So I don't know if he's just got a bad video team or what's going on there, but he had really bad luck when it came to those. It was almost comical. Is Dennis Weidman an assistant coach? We'll have to look into that. (laughs) Now it is time, of course, for Sellies and Scorn. I got it right. Stu, what do you want to start with? Um, I guess I'll start with my scorn. It's, it's kind of a, a mini double scorn, I guess. The, the theme of this double scorn is NHL teams that are bad in the playoffs and or bad at getting there. <laughs> so lots of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, only a few in particular that I'm going to mention here, but it's just these two, I don't want to say fun stats because one of them is about, you guessed it, the Edmonton Oilers. Wow, big shot. Of, of course they were going to be on this list. Yeah, even when they're long gone, we're still talking about them and how bad they are. And the reason for that is that since 1994, Dallas has won more playoff games in the city of Edmonton than the Oilers have. (laughs) I'm thinking about that for a second here, because for those who don't pay attention to hockey most other years, the entire playoffs does not usually happen in Edmonton. (laughs) That's that's, that's an unusual thing. thing. So... But uh, yeah, the Oilers and Stars, they played each other a lot um, between 96 and 03. So, and Dallas, you know, ran the table with the Oilers several years uh, in that block. So obviously that helped a lot. And now, of course, they're playing a lot in Edmonton this year. But I thought that was uh, fun. Again, I don't know about fun. <laughs> Depressing, fun. I think but entertaining that, yeah. I gotta say, I actually didn't know that about the Oilers and uh, and Stars' history of playing the playoffs during that period. Probably because I was very young, but also that's not the type of hockey history I was looking into. But that's really funny. Yeah, ninety six to 03, they played each other six times in the playoffs in oh, seven wait. years. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, the the very first one, uh, the Oilers won in six. And then every time after that, Dallas won in like five or six. So, yeah. Or there's been a ton of wins. And I guess it's been 17 years, but I'm surprised there isn't just an irrational hatred for Dallas among Edmontonians. There might be. I don't know. We'd have yeah, to ask maybe. around, but I think time it's time for a survey. Off. But <laughs> so, anyways, just so that I'm not, you know, completely kicking on only the Oilers, I do want to bring in another fun stat. And this one's fun for me because it's not the Oilers. The Minnesota Wild have become the fourth franchise to be overtaken by Vegas in the number oh. of playoff wins. Oh, that's rough. That's so, also rough because I can see I need to look up how many playoff wins Calgary has, but I can assume it's not that many. And Vegas is coming for us. They're, they're coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good thing about, you know, uh, the Alberta teams is we've been around for a while. So you would think uh, they're it's going to take them a while to catch us. But 
actually some of these other teams that they've recently overtaken uh, have been around for a while as well. So again, for those who don't necessarily pay attention, Golden Knights have been around for three years. Uh, Minnesota Wild had 27 wins in 20 years. Florida Panthers, 19 wins in 27 years. Columbus, 15 wins in 20 years. And Winnipeg, including their zero wins as the Atlanta Thrashers, they have had 12 wins in 21 years. So The thing yeah. I'm taking from all of this is you mean to tell me that Columbus has been in the NHL for 20 years? <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm glad that that's your takeaway. Oh, my goodness. Long time for those teams to be around and not have a ton of wins, and Vegas has trounced them in three years. They have now 28 wins as of yesterday's game. I got to get in on this because I wasn't going to actually bring this up in any of my uh, content for today, but I was, you know, perusing message boards like an internet degenerate. And uh, I saw another degenerate who had an opinion I've never seen in my life from a hockey fan. And that is they hated Vegas with all of their passion because they think it was unfair that Vegas got a good expansion team. And (laughs) they think that Vegas should have started out like garbage like the rest of the expansion teams and that in no way they deserved their success and it just went on and on and on and i i, I was sort slightly taken aback i can see how an irrational fan would think that i i like vegas's playoff success but that person put it in a whole new light for me like it was gifted to them in some way but it, that led me to a rabbit hole of uh, how the expansion draft went down and everything and it was a lot of fun. They've been, they've yeah. been a very, very successful team in their three years of existence. Yeah, I, I don't think, um, I don't think they were gifted anything. I think they definitely took advantage of the expansion oh, yeah. draft and how it was formatted, and the took advantage of the naivete of the other general managers who thought they could swindle deals with this newly budding franchise. Yeah, so, they took advantage of and. Uh, they took advantage of some pretty dumb GM moves from other teams. <laughs> you can yeah, call it so, luck or whatever you want, but it was, oh boy. Yeah, those same mistakes will probably not be made when the Seattle comes around, but... Uh, you would hope. I'm sure there's some new GMs that have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> oh, there will be plenty of new mistakes made, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll find whole new ways. But anyways, that's my scorn. Well, I'm actually going to start off with my Sally. I'm going to save my scorn. I have... Uh, well, I'm actually going to go with two Sellies. I've done this before, but sometimes I can't just choose between them, you know? So my mm-hmm. first one is for uh, Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan. Adorably, these two guys got engaged one day apart shortly after <laughs> the playoffs ended for Calgary. I thought that was pretty great. You know, we put these athletes into a box of performing, and after the playoffs, holy crap, did Calgary dump all over uh johnny and monty it was pretty bad like and it's probably still happening uh and you know everyone was talking about how they're not playoff performers we need to get them out of town they're blah 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 but they're still human beings and they're clearly very good friends and they got engaged one day apart that's not a coincidence that's totally adorable we know they talked about it and stayed up at night calling each other about it for sure i love those guys even if maybe we should trade one of them someday but my second Sally actually also kind of has to do with them. But once again, it comes to you from a different podcast, the Spit and Chicklets podcast. Uh, we have drawn a little bit from them before, but Christopher Stieg, 
was on the podcast recently. You may remember him. He's played a long time in the league. He's retired now, but he played for Calgary for a couple of years, I think most recently in 2017-18. And he was telling a story. That was the year that Calgary completely turned around their season near the end of the season. They made a charge into the playoffs late in the year. And everyone attributed this to uh, the coach, Glenn Galtzen, letting them have beers on a train on their way to Montreal, which is where their winning streak got started. But Christopher Stieg finally put that myth to rest, or so he claims, because he said the mood of the team really turned around and he played a bit of a prank on the aforementioned uh, Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monaghan, who decided they wanted to go on a sauna date together. Uh, actually, they'd been going for sauna dates a lot. I'm just going to call it a sauna date because it just keeps the adorable train rolling. And Chris Versteeg decided to call up one of his buddies, whose nickname is Nuts, so you can see exactly where this story is going. <laughs> and he got him to go into the sauna completely naked and wait for uh, Johnny and Monty to get there and basically just creep them out. Johnny and Sean Monahan got to the sauna and they sat there and there was a naked dude who they didn't really recognize sitting in the sauna, but they thought he might be the new assistant general manager, Brad Pascal, which made it very awkward for them. So they came out and, and Chris Versteeg, you know, fessed up and they all had a laugh. And apparently that's, that's actually, according to him, what turned everything around. Cause it was kind of a really weird bonding experience that made them all laugh. And uh, so props to Versteeg and nuts for turning around that flame season. <laughs> and Versteeg also claims that there was the incident that year where rookie Matthew Kachuk elbowed Dowdy, drew Doughty in the face and made this whole rivalry that keeps going. That's really fun to watch because does anybody like Drew Doughty or Matthew Kachuk besides the fans <laughs> of their teams? I don't know, but it's really hilarious to watch them duke it out. And apparently Kachuk, when he elbowed Doughty in the face like that, was not feeling that great about it and was, you know, like, was that over the line too far? Or like, is the league, I believe the league suspended him like that for that and Chris Versteeg pulled him aside and said stay exactly the same there is a line you got to know when you're crossing it and when you're not but don't change as a player because of that keep being a rat and uh I I assume that that's that didn't change the whole direction of Kachuk's career but it's cool to see an older player talking to a younger player like that and we still have dirty rat Matthew Kachuk and in Calgary we all love him so those are my sellies <laughs> that's yeah that's really good of Versteeg to do that that's really cool and as much as I am not supposed to admit it I like Kachuk so whoa <laughs> <I think that's, laughs> you have don't one, tell anyone I said that you have but. one day for me to edit that out and otherwise <laughs> it's going it's going public I'm one of the ones that's not afraid to admit that if he was on my team, I'd be happy, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not because he's not. So <laughs> I got a Selly. So my Selly sort of bleeds in a little bit to uh, the next round, which we'll obviously talk about in our predictions, but I can't help but Selly this result. Uh, it's the Tampa Bay lightning in game one. Uh, against the New York Islanders. The final score was 8-2 to two, in case you missed it, which uh, that alone is just outstanding. You don't see that in playoffs all that often. But uh, the, like, the team just dominated the Islanders the whole time. They were playing basically near perfect. 
Uh, one of my one of the better stats that I know you've heard, Darren, is they went 58 minutes and 53 seconds without missing the net. So, uh, again, for those who uh, don't really pay that much attention, there are 60 minutes in a hockey game. <laughs> so that's, yeah, nearly the entire hockey game, they didn't miss the net. Uh, and it's not like they only shot, like, you know, 10 shots and just made sure they were all perfect. No, they had 34 shots on net. Uh, so that alone, that again is, is just huge stats for that team. And then of course I do have to make a special mention to the sick Kucherov tip pass, which oh. led to him actually scoring. Uh, if you saw it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't Google Kucherov tip pass right now, I'll even spell it for you. K U C H E R O V tip pass. You can probably figure that one out. Google it right now. <laughs> I will wait a few seconds. That was wow, amazing. Right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So that thing was nuts. So the uh, whole Selly to the entire team, but also specifically to that one play is just, I think I've watched it. I don't know, probably 17 times. <laughs> it's just so amazing to watch. It took me at least 10 times to try to figure out if he meant to do that. Like, can human <laughs> beings mean to do something like that? Like, did he process like, Oh, I'm just going to, do this really funky thing with my stick and tip it over top of the other player's stick to my teammate. Like what? Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, that was quite something. Well, I guess that leaves me with my scorn. It's a nice short one. The NHL draft was supposed to be held on October 9th. I was very happy about this. October 9th is my birthday and I am such a hockey nerd. I would like nothing more than to sit inside my house all evening and watch the NHL draft on my birthday. That is <laughs> such a great birthday gift. But no, the NHL has decided to move it ahead three days to October 6th or 7th. Like, come on. It's oh I I was I was genuinely looking forward to watching the draft on my birthday. You can tell me that's pathetic. I don't care. It it hurts me a little bit that they moved it like that. It seems a little bit personal. So come on, NHL. Leave it for October 9th. What's the rush? Jeez. Plus, you know, Friday night, uh, you get the, all the people together to watch. It's a party. There's yeah. at least at least three people do that every year. Think, <laughs> think of all the people that would come to an NHL draft birthday party. Come dressed as your favorite player. Yeah. No, well, maybe not this year, but... Uh, I'm slowly talking myself out of how great of an idea this is. <laughs> but I'm still sad it's not on my birthday. So close. All right. Well, now we're up for some, uh, I guess, predictions. These are a bit lopsided, I suppose, because uh, as you noticed, we're recording this late into the next round. Um, but hey, maybe that'll actually help my score go up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, so before we get into the, the details of our predictions, I should say that you know, based on the resounding success of my predictions last round, I have looked for all the help I could get. And hear me out here. There is a dog on Reddit <laughs> named Bandit who predicted three out of four last round. So he did as well as you did, Darren. So Bring it on, uh, Bandit. I'm, I'm going with him this time around. So we'll, <laughs> You're we'll just see. stealing a dog's picks? Hey, I'm I'm citing my sources. <laughs> you did, but all right. Anyways, uh, where do you want to start? East or west? Let's start in the east. 
All right. So Tampa against the Islanders. Um, now, again, full disclosure, they're in the middle of game two right now. They're tied. Uh, they're, they're tied. It's good. Yep. They're tied 1-1 at the end of the second. So basically that nothing. game told us nothing exactly. And again, game one, uh, Tampa beat New York 8-2. to So that told us something <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, what do you think is going to happen with these two? Uh, I'm pretty confident Tampa's going to win. I did do a little bit of digging because the name that comes up a lot is Braden Point for good reason. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a young centerman for them who has 23 points in 14 playoff games throughout this playoffs. That's that's astounding. That's basically the kind of clip that um, I almost called him Connor McKinnon. Holy <laughs> Nathan McKinnon. That's the kind of clip he was on for Colorado. So he had 92 points last year. Like he's just been an absolute rock star for Tampa Um, with him. And the aforementioned really very good Kucherov, who's constantly an MVP discussion. I, I mean, I've favored the Islanders till this point, but I don't really see them beating Tampa Bay. They're really clicking right now. Yeah, remember how last episode I said I'm constantly underestimating underestimating the Islanders and I went against them anyways and again they proved me wrong. <laughs> yep. I'm just going to keep on going with it. <laughs> <laughs> has to end sometime. Right? Yeah. Uh, one day I'll believe in the Islanders, but it's not against Tampa. And it's especially not after you lose 8-2 in game one. I know you're not going to win them all. And, well, some teams do, but uh, you can't lose something like that. and expect me to believe in you. So I think Tampa's going to win this one. Um, and I think they're going to do it fairly handily. I think it's going to take maybe five games. Uh, uh, in the interest of splitting it up a little bit, I'll take Tampa in six. Okay. Oof. Yeah, big difference there, right? <laughs> I'm not taking New York. Are you insane? Uh, not even in seven, though? No. Oh, no. that's just crazy. I praise Tampa too much for that. All right. Well, in the West, where we're more familiar, question mark? Yeah, I don't uh, think that's going to make it easier for this round. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think the fact that neither of us predicted Dallas would go this far uh, is, tells us how much we know about the West. But So that series right now is actually tied one game apiece. Dallas won game one, one to nothing. And Ooh, Vegas baby. won game two, three to nothing. Oh, man. So if I'm at all able to read mathematical patterns in the universe... I think Vegas is the better team and will win this series. Yeah, statistically, they, they it's hard to beat them right now. Statistically, they've already won. I'm going to have a hard time ruling out Dallas because if <laughs> Dallas wins again, I'm going to have to come back next episode and explain all over again why I wrote off stupid Dallas. <laughs> but it's so hard to pick against Vegas too. Like They have two two goalies they can roll out there who are amazing. I know Marc-Andre Fleury isn't, you know, top-tier elite goalie anymore, but the dude's won how many Stanley Cups? I'm actually asking because I didn't look it up, but <laughs> it's a number. Uh, he's a, still a, quite a good goalie, and Robin Lehner's there with a cool 940 save percentage over the course of the season. So that's just the goaltenders, not to mention they have, as I mentioned before, just kind of a, a juggernaut of a team. They're not crazy big flashy star players they're just a bunch of solid players that kind of slowly crush you to death so 
Uh, in the interest of that, I'm going to take Vegas in seven, and it's going to be such a boring series, judging by the first two games. Wow, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I think that was the very first live pick anyone's ever made on this show where there was clearly no prep, but just... Uh, no. uh, Zero prep. But would it have mattered if I had done hours of prep, honestly? I, I guess, you... I, I, yeah, I should clarify it. Prep. <laughs> prep <laughs> rarely happens anyway. Exactly. But usually we at least make the decision of who we're going to say before we say it. That's so true. That I just moved. I just moved my typical gut instinct and didn't write it down on paper. And I just moved it until now. That's all that happened. Uh, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I again. I think I already said it. I think Vegas is going to win this. Um, yeah, Flurry. Like you said, not not really their starter anymore. But uh, I believe three cups uh, and you know gold medal to boot. And he's been like one of those goalies that's just like if you if you put any other goalie through what he's been through they would have been bitter and asked for a trade to florida a long time ago uh, that wasn't directed at anyone in particular any by the way but uh, <laughs> uh you know he he's always just been this goalie that like did amazing things as a starter won a cup for his team got his team to the finals and then all of a sudden this young kid comes in like okay this guy's a star now and Flurry's just like, yeah, that's cool. I'm fine with that. I'm going to do what I can with this kid. We're going to do awesome together. And like a props to him. I feel like I never get to the chance to say it because he doesn't come up a, a bunch. But uh, I want to bring that up because I think he's. it's really cool what he's able to do with the goalies that quote unquote surpass him in that position. But I, I think Vegas is going to win. I think they're... Dallas is going to do well. I don't doubt them anymore, but I still think Vegas is a little bit better. So, but I think it's going to be, I'll say six games. Oh, it's almost like you made it up on the spot there, Stu. Yeah, I did. I yeah. definitely made that part on the spot because I forgot that was a thing. I can't believe you were making fun of me, the person who had a 75% accuracy last round, the same as a dog named Bandit. I <laughs> Well, I was just going to defend you and say I wasn't making fun of you. So then you pulled Bandit into this. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Battle of Alberta podcast. Once again, we really value our listeners. But we would value even more if you went and subscribed or liked the podcast or even commented to tell everyone just how amazingly great we are. So that way more people would listen. Uh, our theme song is Lose Your Head by Apache Tomcat, and we'll probably be back in a couple of weeks with another episode as we see who heads into the Stanley Cup Finals. Get hyped, everyone. Am I right? Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.